Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Unapologetically You podcast. My name is Amanda Malandrino, and I'm an empowerment mentor, energy healer, and entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you up-level your confidence so that you can speak your authentic truth unapologetically. Think of this podcast as a homecoming ceremony for your soul and get ready to wake up the innate wisdom that lives inside of you. I know this is going to be a blast, so thank you for pressing play today. Now, let the fun begin. Hello, beautiful souls. I just got back from Canada and it's been a week since I've been back here. And I swear every time I go back home, I learn something new. I learn so much about myself, the way that I respond, the growth that has happened since I've been separated from you know, childhood home, childhood wounds. And while I'm in the UK, of course, um, these wounds get processed and healed and loved and witnessed. Um, Something that my coach, uh, Jessica, says to me, she says, you think that you're enlightened until you go home to your family. And that was just so fucking true. Um, So I want to go through the importance of emotional processing, surrendering, and really giving yourself permission to feel all of yourself. The things that you've been told, maybe move on from, you're too sensitive, things that you just dismissed and, you know, put under the rug. Um, And I think that that can really be something that is pretty common, even with my own clients, pretty common that um, I see are these shame cycles and um, pretending like everything's okay and keeping up appearances with family and something that is often said in my family is family is everything but we say family is everything but there are so many secrets so many things that people don't talk about or want to acknowledge or um pretend like don't exist and we just brush it under the rug and act like everything's okay when everyone's suffering inside and keeping everything bottled up and we wonder why people have issues navigating the world and being themselves being their authentic selves because your authentic self is not even acknowledged in your home, in your family. And um, I say that as an adult, but I know that for me, this has been going on for such a long time. And this is not to blame because no one in my family has ever said, Amanda, don't be yourself. But it's in the behaviors, in the shame, in the silencing, in the pretending, in the um, pushing it under the rug when I've been offended and acting and dismissing the things that have been done directly to me that I have buried down. And so, um, this leads me into the first discussion of like frozen emotions. And I think that 
emotions become frozen and stuck in the body if we're not actually fully processing how we're feeling. And what this actually does is keeping a version of ourselves frozen in time. So when we freeze, dismiss, numb out, avoid, push it under the rug, we're actually freezing ourselves in time. And so when I was back home, and I'm so grateful that I choose to be supported by coaches, by mentors, um, I also do, and I always preach this, uh, hypnotherapy, um, and to really be able to fully process and be witnessed, be seen, be validated around feeling, because maybe you can relate to this. Have you ever been in a certain situation and you're like, am I crazy for feeling this way? And you're just like, you end up gaslighting yourself because everyone else is behaving in a certain way. And then you're just like the one man standing and you're like, am I crazy for thinking this way? And then you end up being like, you know what, maybe I am. And then you end up maybe bending and pretending to be someone that you're not and saying yes and not, you know, causing any conflict within your family by like honesty and um, vulnerability and open communication. And this pretty much was what I was going through. And uh, I think that that is as a result of having, and I think a lot of women as well can relate to this, um, having a wall up because when we have been vulnerable in the past, we could have been taken advantage of or um, made to feel wrong or weird or too much, too loud, too little, love too hard, love too little, like wearing our heart in our sleeve is one of the scariest things that we can do. But That's the price that we pay for love is taking a risk on vulnerability. And so there is also a number of consequences of burying emotions, uh, not being vulnerable with yourself, with others, because the way that I see it is if I haven't been vulnerable and open, then what other areas of my life might also carrying that wound, carrying that vulnerability wound? Because chances are there's another area of your life where you're also carrying this story. And so I think the most powerful thing that we can do in terms of self-expression as I am a self-expression coach is not allowing ourselves, not only allowing ourselves to be seen, but it's also allowing the darkest parts of ourselves to be seen as well. And so here I am (laughs) sharing my stories and um, loving myself through it. And I think that's the the healing power of love. And I think that self-love as a catalyst for healing, for growth, for everything, I think is the most important thing that we have. And there's also big significance in naming the emotions 
and allowing yourself to feel the emotions um, that you're feeling and really giving yourself space to do that. And so there were a few things that happened when I was in Canada. Uh, So pretty much I went to Canada because I'm getting married in two months. Woohoo! Two weddings though. And it has been, honestly, I celebrate myself planning two weddings, one in Canada, one in the UK. Um, has not been easy, but it feels easier knowing who it is that I'm marrying uh, and focusing on the importance of that. Focusing on the love between me and Aggie. And uh, if I was to do it all over again, if you're listening to this and you are not married, do not. (laughs) I mean, I can tell you what to do. But if I was to do it all over again, I'd probably go get married in Vegas and avoid the the headache of uh, having a big wedding. Um, But... That was that was a really big lesson for me is really focusing on the love between um, Aggie and I and the vision that we have for our wedding and, you know, staying true to our story. And so when I made the decision for the Canadian wedding to not get married in the Catholic Church, that started, you know, a big kind of whirlwind in, in my family. Um, because I'm the first one in my immediate family to not get married in the Catholic church. And it felt like, you know, when I made that decision last year, um, to not do that, I still stay, I still stay true to that because it's been a lot of unwriting of the, and unlearning of the shame cycles that live, uh, within me that I learned from Catholic school and the church as an institution. And I know that I've spoken to a lot of people about this. I've actually attracted like beautiful, like Catholic friends across the world that have also shared similar um, stories is the shame that lives within us in terms of our sexuality, the choices that we make, being a sinner, all these kinds of things. And so choosing not to get married in the Catholic church was a difficult but easy choice to make. Difficult because I knew that I'd be letting everybody in my family down, but easy because I know, I have witnessed, I have felt, I have seen, God does not exist only in the Catholic Church. And God is not fear. God is not hate, judgment. That is not God. That is our ego and the egos of others. Um, And that is not what I'm here for. That is not what I stand for. And that is not what both me and Aggie uh, don't want for our our children, uh, no shame if you choose this route. By the way, I'm just sharing, <laughs> just sharing my own experience. And so that step to not get married in the Catholic Church was the one, the first step that I made to say, this is our life, this is what we're choosing. Um, so that was number one. And then just when I was home, uh, something that I was actually talking to my coaches about, I got called Bridezilla a number of times when I was at home. And the reason why I was called Bridezilla, I believe, and the way that I interpret it is that because I'm not bending for anybody else and 
anybody else's expectations and what they see for our wedding, I am called Bridezilla for having standards and for saying no. And so when I stood my ground, it just reminded me of all of the women, not just the women who are getting married, but I think about all of the women who desire to have higher standards for themselves, who struggle saying no, who are living to please others. And I know that because I was that like people pleaser 101. Like I am, (laughs) I am the head teacher of that. Um, and that's not our truth. That's it's, it's safe for us to say, no, I want my life to be this way. And so bridezilla is just one of many titles. We can be called a bitch, arrogant, selfish, a bad mother, you know, all sorts of things simply for having standards and staying true to our vision for our lives and deciding, I don't live to please anybody else. I am my own person and I I am safe to make my own choices. And so this was another, you know, really um, big lesson for me is owning the title Bridezilla and also what that means for me as a wife and a lover and soon a mother years down the line, perhaps. Um, this is profound that we get to say no. We get to say, this is my wedding. This is between me and my partner. And that's not just with being a bride. This is being a wife. This is being a woman. And to say, this is how I choose to live my life either hop on board or you can watch on the sidelines, but I'm going anyways. Essentially speaking with that kind of conviction will either trigger that other person um, that you are able to speak with such conviction, or it's inviting them to be like, oh, okay, I respect that. Whereas if we don't speak with conviction and we're just like, uh, I don't know, it's felt, it's really felt. So that was something that I really experimented with. And um, there was a moment that I had with one of my family members that I told her, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not okay with this. This is our wedding. This family member said to me, this is not who you are. And then this specific family member also told my mom that it wasn't Amanda speaking. So after we had this conversation, because one of my family members was trying to tell me things to do with the wedding that she thought was right, Um, but I didn't agree with, this person went and told my mom that wasn't me speaking, but it was. I am her. The real me will be unrecognizable to those who aren't ready to see their real selves just yet. And that's okay. And I get to go first in my family. 
And I know that by setting boundaries, saying no to this person, no, I am not okay with this. I don't want to do this. I'm not okay with that. And this really showed me this is who I am now. And when you speak with such conviction, it's felt by your family and it might scare your family. And um, I even had this family member tell me that I'm destroying our family by telling her the things that I'm not okay with. So you can imagine how that felt um, to have a family member tell you that you're destroying your family when it's actually the opposite. I'm freeing my family. Um, And I want you to know that if you are that person, if you are the person who's saying no to a life that doesn't feel good, no to something that doesn't make you feel like an energetic fuck yes, and you know that it's not going to be good for you, then you know what you have to do. It's simple. It's not easy. (laughs) Easy. It's simple. Simple is discomfort is going to arise, but it's clear what needs to be done. Whereas easy is quick and painless. So they're not the same thing, but you get to choose. It gets to be simple. It's not easy, but it gets to be simple. I want to talk about, so after all that happened, I was told, let it go, uh, move on, contemplating, do I just say yes and get on with it so I don't cause drama in my family, or do I honor who I am in this moment and set boundaries and say no when things don't feel good, and it just reminded me of just how quickly we are told or how quickly we move on from certain emotional experiences. And I want to emphasize the importance of forgiving and moving on on your own time. Not because someone's telling you to move on, not because, you know, you, you've shit to do and you got to move on and, you know, all those kinds of things that we tell ourselves about moving on quickly because we don't truly move on if we do that. A part of this healing process, a part of this moving on for me, surrendering to the emotions and allowing my emotions to be fully experienced. I was sad. I was heartbroken in this drama, in this family drama around my wedding. My dog died. My dog of 18 years, um, it was so much happening all at the same time. I'm like shown like who I was, this old version of me. Then my dog dies and there was a big theme of completion and things coming to an end. And something that I had to really do is surrender, surrendering to the emotions, allowing them to be fully experienced, allowing myself to grieve, cry, slow down, allowing God to come through me. And I was praying, God, God, show me why I am going through this. 
show me how to move forward. God, show me what it feels like to truly let go. God, show me how to trust you. Show me what I need to do to welcome in the next chapter of my life, even though I'm in no rush. God, show me how to be brave. These are the kinds of things that I was praying for in these moments. And this is the polarity of life. Grief is the price that we pay for love, whether that's loving ourselves, because we can grieve past versions of us and knowing that that version of us did the best that they could with what they knew. Grieving a past version of us, I was grieving my dog, how lucky I was to have had that kind of love with my dog, even though it fucking hurt like hell. And there is so much peace and liberation that can be found on the other side of this. And even though I was navigating loss, I was also regaining a new identity. And I want to talk about the difference between the feeling of completion, which is internal, versus ending something in a rushed hurried sense externally and when I think about that maybe you maybe you can relate we're like you knew something was done there was an expiry date you're like uh it's done there's nothing else that can be done there's nothing else that needs to be said it's complete Whereas ending something in a rushed, hurried sense is an external thing. And also doing it so we can move on to the next thing when the feeling of completion is something that happens from within. And only you can do that. And that was what I was doing while I was in Canada and since I've been home is embracing this feeling of going slow to feel an internal completion and allowing certain cycles to come to an end. And even maybe you have been in like certain situations, maybe it's a job, a relationship where you feel in your body, you know, it's complete. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's wrong, but you know that it's complete and you're overstaying the expiration date, check in with yourself on why you're hanging on and what gets to unfold when you allow this cycle to come to an end. And that's how I feel about my own identity. (laughs) That was like a really big breakthrough for me is, is a completion, a feeling of completion in this old outdated identity that I was holding on to that was not serving me. And it served me at one point, but not for where I'm going. And you can ask yourself the same thing. What do you need to make peace with in order to allow it to complete the cycle? Like fully complete the cycle might be like 98% there. And it's just waiting for that 2% from you to say, yeah, it's complete. And being enrolled in a new vision, in a bigger vision for your life and letting people know this is where I'm going. So if you want to hang out and you want to still hang around, awesome. If you don't, that's okay too. No hard feelings because I believe that people are in your life either for a season, a reason, a lifetime, and you get to choose that as well. With that knowing, 
I felt this sense of completion of this old identity that is not getting the results that I really desire and making the impact that I really want to make in the world and seeing true to who I am, being in integrity with who I am and what I stand for. And so a really big part of that was uh, the way that I show up in my life and in my business. And there was one night, it was shortly before I was um, leaving Canada, I said to I said to some of my immediate family, I was like, "You guys know that I want to write a book one day. I see myself on stages. I see myself changing the world, and I can't do that if I'm not sharing my story and if I'm not being vulnerable online. And a part of that comes with exposing and talking about things that have happened to me, and not in a blaming way, but." just letting them know that they are involved in the narrative too. So before I had this conversation, I was sending voice notes to my coaches, like like really nervous. I'm just like, I don't know how this conversation is going to go. They could be really angry. They could tell me, don't, don't do it. Um, I didn't know how this conversation was going to go. And I assumed based on past experiences that the conversation was not going to go down well. Like my family was going to be like, no, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot of shame uh, cycles in the family of just like, you know, performing and make, keeping up appearances and making sure everyone thinks that we're this like, perfect family when I don't think any family is perfect. Um, I think that we have all become very good at um, secrets equating to loyalty, and loyalty equals love. And I don't believe love comes with conditions. But anyways, so the conversation went so much better than I imagined. I, again, paying attention to how you're communicating, like shoulders back, regulating your heartbeat, taking deep breaths in through the nose and out. Making sure you're no, like nasal breathing if you're breathing through your mouth and you're hyperventilating. Again, you're just going to get yourself in a state like calming yourself, doing some prayers. I had a really beautiful prayer that I did actually before I had this conversation. And I'm going to read it to you, okay? So there is this incredible book called How to Work with Angels, and it's by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And it's like a cute little like pocket book. And there's different prayers to save to different angels, depending on what you're looking for in your life. And so I used Archangel Uriel, who is an angel of peace. I used their prayer and that filled my heart with so much peace. And I'm going to read it to you right now. Something you should know about Archangel Uriel is that it is... You ask them for our uh, inner peace, tranquility of spirit, untangling of knots of anger and fear in your psyche, and a renewal of hope. And it, the practical assistance for this angel is peaceful resolution of problems in personal, social, and professional relationships. Help in creating a harmonious environment for nurturing creativity and growth inspiration and help and public servants and all who serve others. So the prayer I said that day, so this book is fucking amazing guys. So Archangel Uriel's exercise for letting go, sit with your legs uncrossed and your feet 
flat on the floor in front of you. Focus your attention on your heart. Place your hands one on top of the other over your heart and then release them. Next, put your hands on your knees, palms up, relax, and breathe gently. Say tenderly to your soul and body, peace, be still, peace, be still, peace, be still. Repeat it as many times as you like in multiples of three while seeing yourself surrounded by the purple gold ruby light of the angels of peace. Take a deep breath in. And as you breathe out, release your worries and concerns into the light. Watch as they dissolve on contact. Now inhale. Seeing the light rush in to replace the burdens you have to let go. Repeat this three times. Then say three times, Archangel Uriel and angels of peace, I accept the gift of peace in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, in my body, in my mind. Make me an instrument of God's peace. Powerful, right? So I used that. Guys, get this book, How to Work with Angels. It's so fucking powerful. And your angels won't step in. Your spirit team will not step in to help you unless you ask. And so I did that before I had this conversation with my family about being vulnerable and sharing things about my life. And so when I went into this conversation, I loosened my shoulders and I spoke with conviction. Guys, you know that I have a really big mission in this world. A part of that mission is going to require me to be vulnerable and open. And I have not been doing that. So with your permission, you don't need to follow me on Instagram. You don't need to listen to my podcast. You don't need to engage with any of my stuff. It does not make me love you any less. It does not change our relationship. But this is what I have to do. And I want you to know that when I share my story, it's not in a way of attacking you, but it's a way to show my audience where we once were and where we are now. And the steps that I have taken to heal this within myself and to heal our relationship. So if you're okay with that, and then I had a response that maybe I should make a personal account. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, I'm open to suggestions, um, a personal account. So they would unfollow me on my business account and follow only my personal account. So they wouldn't be able to be exposed to it. And I'm like, that's a great idea if you feel like you want to do that. And then another family member responded saying that she's okay with it and that she'll still follow me. So just what I'm trying to say with this story is that sometimes we assume that someone's behavior is going to be so much worse than it actually is. And you won't know until you try. And I know that past Amanda... If she had that kind of conversation, 
it would not have been a very pleasant one maybe years ago. Um, and we learn from our past. So if in the past, like, you know, we triggered someone or we upset someone, then we're going to carry that story with us, even though it's outdated and it does not apply to here. And I don't know, from a compassionate lens, like even when our family members have done something in the past, like we don't know what they were going through at the time when they took it out on us that we took to be our truth. Like, what if you know, my mom was having a bad day. She was super angry one day, took it out on me. And then I internalized that to be my truth, even though she was just having an off day and acknowledging the human in her. And yeah, I'm just having a breakthrough as I'm doing this episode, but that's just what I'm trying to say is you never know unless you give it a try. And even though it's scary, even though it's risky, even though you're at risk of like everyone abandoning you and you know, your story is going to be like, my family is not going to be okay with this. And I'm going to be left with no one and no one loves me. And that's it. My life is over. But the chances of that happening are very, very slim. And this is what I want to like circle into is we have no control over anyone's behavior. And Even if there is someone in our lives that we wish and we pray that they see the light, that they come to their senses and see things, you know, for what they are and we want to save them and we want to help them and maybe you feel like you don't see eye to eye with them, like that's okay. And even though it's really scary to surrender that kind of control, um, it's acknowledging that that person's journey is their own and trusting that by you showing up as this authentic, whole, loving, um, open version of you, hoping and praying that um, they, you are giving them permission as well to also love themselves too. And when we say authentic self-expression, it's still allowing all parts of you to be seen and loving those shamiest, darkest parts of you as well, even though you don't want to, but you just, you, you do because that's the only way that all of you can be accepted. We can't just accept like, you know, the good things and like all the great things that we do and our talents and our skills. Like, while that's important, there are so many things that are also so incredible about you that also get to be loved and witnessed and honored. And so that is what I'm going to leave you with today. I just want to end this off by just saying embrace the process of emotional processing, surrender for your own healing, and you are so incredible. And if you can actually like start to think about the risks, it's all risky. Life is all risky. Whether you say the thing or you don't say the thing, whether you stay quiet, whether you stay at the job that you're in, whatever it is that you're doing, it's all risky. You just have to pick which risk is worth fighting for and worth taking, right? So a question that I want to leave you with is just what does the bravest version of you do next? Allow the feeling of bravery to be stronger than the feeling of doubt and fear. 
And I'm on this journey with you. You got this. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you resonated with what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review and by sharing it with a friend. If you aren't already following me on social media and would love to soak up more empowering content, follow amandamalandrino.co or visit my website at amandamalandrino.com. I appreciate and love you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.